0: Hello, guys, and welcome back to TNB with go the Hooligan. How's it been? How's it going? I hope you guys are doing well out there. So I've been watching a lot of anime, as you know. I've actually kind of restarted on the game, but that also means I haven't been writing as, just, well, as I usually do. Uh, it's a me fault. I If I pick up something, I drop something else. And so I haven't been reading and writing as much, but I have been watching a lot. But in my defense, it's because some of the anime this season seems to be hitting well with me. So, let's talk about it, shall we? These are ongoing, so I don't I know how they're starting. I don't know how they're going to end. So, let's start off with The Demon Prince of Mochi House. Momochi House. So, fun fact, I was actually really wanting to read this back in 2020 when it first came out. 2021 21, 21 when it first came out i didn't read it because i just had so much to read at the time and then we were transitioning back to society and it was just like quite frustrating and it was a lot for me at the time i think it was a lot for everyone at the time so i ended up not reading it but it was always on my to read list it was on my actual like write stuff like cart i just never checked it out i guess (laughs) when write stuff was still a thing um and it picked it up. I initially picked it up because he reminds me a lot of the guy from Kisama Kiss. Sama Kiss. You know, the animated show. The, uh, 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 the 2012 romance two season part. Oh, it was great. So he looks a lot like the main character, which is kind of great because he has just this beautiful like uh, you know it, the, the silver hair the kind of like fox demon-ish situation he was so lovely i don't know it's just beautiful generally and so because of that i was always kind of interested in the the demon prince of uh, momochi house it ends up Being slightly similar, but it is not in fact the same, and I want to start off with the differences. So, in Kiss I'm a Kiss, the main character, who is a broke girl, which I love, is just chilling in the park after her dad is being looked for by the uh, mafia basically for borrowing money. Uh, this is what I remember from the top of my head. I'm not looking it up right now, actually. So, I'm just like, if you hear a lot of ums and ahs, because I'm thinking about it. And so, she ends up in a park where a man ends up giving her the keys to a house. And he's like, hey, you know, take this. You'll find some refuge there. Go have a good time. You know, just promise me that you'll treat the people well. So, she's like looking weird at it. But she's like, hey, you know what? If this is the warm place to sleep, mind you, she's a high school student. Let me go and just hope for the best basically so she goes and she ends up finding this like empty-ish house and she looks through it and this is where you know the main characters appear and the yokai and they're trying to explain to her that somehow she became kind of like the goddess savior of this home and she has to work to kind of prove herself as a human god basically in this realm but still be a high school student and still live life and she's being guided by this fox guy and he's actually waited for her this whole time but he doesn't want to let her know this and it's like it's a slow build kind of romance situation right so now that we know the backstory to that i'm actually going to find a little bit of the backstory to this because although i've just watched it i kind of want to make sure i don't fuck it up so for the demon prince, blah blah blah. In this situation, same age, just basically, but Himori chan is around 16 years old, and she unexpectedly gets a gift of a will detailing her inheritance to a mysterious estate. It's called the Momochi House, which nobody really heard about where she's from, so she ends up traveling all the way there to see what this is from her orphanage because she grew up an orphan and you know she's kind of has a happier disposition about herself and she sees this as an opportunity and the last gift her parents ever gave to her so she's really excited to go and kind of make something of herself and make her life better and has like a lot of high hopes in this situation so you can see the similarities but the differences right so when she arrives she finds out that there's somebody inhabiting the home and she tries to kick them out mind you on the way there she's heard a lot of like stories about how it's haunted and she shouldn't go there and it's not a good place to be and the second fourth basically pretending like tell her, hey you know that place is like no for being haunted like just stay away but she's like fuck that shit like that's my parents they like, gave to me i'm gonna go and so when she ends up arriving there's three dudes in the house and they basically tell her like yo this is like the gateway between like the human world and like the spiritual realm so just go home get out and she was just like no like i'm not leaving my mama my parents gave this to me and i want to go i want to see i want to fix it up i'm the rightful owner of this place of course she gets a lot of pushback but they're not going to push her out into the night and so they're like you know what stay over here You know, maybe if you experience it for yourself, you'll kind of understand why we're telling you, like, you need to GTFO. So she stays. In the middle of the night, she starts seeing weird shadows and hearing things. And it's terrifying to her, but she's like, fuck it, I'm not leaving. And this is where we get to find out that um, demons tend to cross over here in that household that she has. There's no particular reason why at the beginning. I don't want to explain it, but just know it's some kind of portal and the owner of that house is supposed to be like the one fighting off these demons and because she wasn't there that job ended up falling onto one of the boys and the boy's called Aoi. so he normally looks like a normal japanese boy from the outside but whenever demons are present and he has to fight them he turns into this long white hair elegant long-nailed like inuyasha type sishnomaru type um kusama kiss type dog or fox demon basically and he helps kind of banish these demons and stop them from like really wrecking habit in the human world kind of keeping these like demons and stuff at bay and yeah because she wasn't there to take the throne from the beginning he ended up having to take it and he is technically not allowed to leave without repercussions for like the whole world. So she kind of feels guilty and is like, you know, technically I'm the rightful owner. So I'm gonna try to do whatever I can to like kick your ass the fuck out. And this is how like their situation is beginning. And it's really cute. It's really interesting. It's very reminiscent of like older shojos. But definitely it is very cute it's, it has a lot of mystery in it like every episode you gotta have to figure out like either who's the demon where's the demon or what's going on or how is their relationship progression progressing it's really cool i actually really like it and enjoy it uh i really want to see where this goes though i really if it goes to kill me Samurai kisra i would really enjoy it but i can tell you the beginning song isn't that iconic it's good it's not like, wow. Like, I can't i Kasami Kiss, like, and I <laughs> high school host I heard every single time it began, the opening and the closing. It was just that good. Um, I'll keep watching it. and Maybe, like, I don't have, this will have the same effect, but I cannot guarantee it absolutely will. At least from what I'm witnessing right now. All right. But overall, it's not bad. And there's five episodes out right now. I think, like, two or three of them are dubbed. So, if you're interested in dubbed anime, like, this is also great for that. What else have I been watching? Um, let's see. Oh, yes! Ah! Hokkaido girls are super adorable. Okay. So, I have been highly enjoying this. And I do kind of want to try to keep this in mind. Um, I do, like, the grumpier sunshine personality dynamic and he doesn't really hit the grumpy but he definitely hits the more reserved but he isn't annoyed by the love interest which I always find to be a positive I hate when it's clearly like someone is harassing someone else and they try to make it a romance and it's like bro that really doesn't work unless there's like some reason like this is happening like uh, a i don't know like it's hard to explain but you get what i'm saying like there's like oh i secretly enjoy this or this actually does something for me kind of situation i don't know like i don't know sometimes i like a lot of like male-centered romance does that where it's like these girls are like harassing these guys to like pay attention and give them something it's i don't know i don't personally like that everyone's different but that's how i see it no me gusta no Anyways, the Raven of the Inner Palace. Okay, I do actually want some time to talk about this one in particular. The Raven of the Inner Palace. I I binge watched the whole thing. All right, I do have to talk about it because I've been watching the whole entire thing. It's so cute. It's very interesting. There was a lot of lore behind it, and I could honestly say, like, I'm surprised that more people don't talk about it so the story starts off with your the prince the king the emperor whatever and he is walking around the inner consort that's where they usually keep their um like the prostitutes well they're prostitutes so they're not called prostitutes they're called um what are they called again when they're not prostitutes? but Because they, they belong to someone but that's what they're there to do. Uh, basically his harem. So he basically has a harem of women who have their own titles and blah blah blah. blah, blah. So, and this is basically a run. It looks very similar to the very popular one that everyone's talking about right now. And like you're watching. Hold on, I'm going to find it for you. So you guys kind of have a good idea what I'm talking about. I'm going to say Yama. Como se llama? Como se llama? Como se llama? Oh, there you go. I found her. The Apothecary Diaries. It's basically take the Apothecary Diaries and take out all the like medical herbs and stuff like that, and like actual historical value, and replace it with fantasy and magic. So our main character is Xiu Xie. Xiaoxia, I think that's how you say that, please correct me if I'm wrong, is around 16 years old. And she is the latest successor to the Raven Consort. So she lives in Ying Ming Palace, in the Inza Palace walls. And she's the title of a consort. But she doesn't do anything in the night, like the other women are supposed to. And she has this kind of, like, lone, goth kind of look to her she doesn't really have any friends, nobody really knows much about her. except this kind of piques the Emperor shall's eyes and he's like, hmm, who the fuck is this girl? What is she doing here? And the reason he's so interested is because he kind of is a success story, right? So what happened to him was as a, in a, as a kid, um, his mother was murdered and he was disinherited from the throne. In this point, the empress, Don jor dol Wagger ended up uh, kind of taking power and did everything in her power to kind of fuck this little kid up. But he ended up coming back years later to execute her um, with the help of his um, uh, uprising, his coup that he staged. And before she died, she put a curse on him that no one's aware of yet. So in this world everyone has like a lot of people have magical powers, there's wizards and stuff like that. And one of these magical power people is Lu Liu Xiao She, Whatever. The Raven, the Royal Raven. And she is supposed to worship this goddess. That's why she got that powers that she got in the first place. And there's a whole society within a society. Because after his takeover um before his takeover that there was a lot of people that was pushed out of power from the old dynasty that had magic that knew certain interior wall secret and so basically what they're trying to do this whole entire thing is like figure out the secrets from these inner palace walls like what are these walls saying that people don't know about what is hidden in the context and who are these murderers and these ghosts and you know like what's going on here and her whole task of this raven is to kind of Try to help people who come to her to ask her favors, and why? Because she's kind of a priestess, basically. And throughout the whole series, you kind of start knowing more about like how things happen and why things happen and what's going on and the secret societies and why must why is the Raven position even a thing? Who is this? like why does she exist? What's her purpose? And it's really interesting. The whole story is kind of implied that there's like a bit of a relationship between the Emperor and the Raven Consort. And it's really cute, honestly. It's it was really worth watching. I'm telling you that I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Uh so yeah, I could definitely tell you, uh, I thought it was great. And if you like um, the Apothecary Diaries. Keep an open mind for this one. It's not exactly the same, but it does have a very similar feeling to it. I really enjoyed it, though. I can definitely really tell you that. Um, but I think that's all I really want to talk about. I have some ones I want to go to deep dive into. And one of those being the saint's magic power is omnipotent because I finally finished the whole entire series, I believe. I don't think this is going to be season three anymore. So the next time I talk about it, I'm going to talk about the whole entire show and its integrity and how I felt and where it went right and where it went wrong for me. But for now, bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.